we can patch you right up, though. Uh, just see our highly trained staff of crash test dummies over there, and they'll have you up and failing again in no time. Well, hello, friends, and uh, welcome in to this, the 172nd edition of Fusebox, fearlessly entitled Stunt Puppet. And I'm your counting ballots while sitting in a wind tunnel host, Mark Rose, and over there, always willing to take a pratfall for the team, the Viscount of Volume himselves, Milt Keynes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. Yeah, they're, they're still counting ballots in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, they are indeed. And, uh, of course, uh, had to take a little break there for the uh, graduation ceremonies that were uh, booked into the Coliseum. So uh, they had to move all those ballots, the uh, scrutinizer machines, uh, the, the people, assorted boxes and all that stuff, to a uh, storage area near the Crazy Times Carnival. <laughs> I kid you not. It's some storage area by that carnival, which uh, by the fairground's own uh, posted admission, by the way, is not recommended during the summer months, which have been classified by the fairgrounds as uh, May through September. Yeah. As it's not a temperature-controlled area at all. Yeah, moving them. Because they just ran out of damn time. Since they're, they're sticking every ballot in an electron microscope to see if there might be bamboo fibers in them. Brilliant, isn't it? It's just brilliant. You know what? Let me make a suggestion. You might want to also check for tiny pangolins stuck on those ballots, too, who, if present, were clearly there to eat the even tinier and extremely rare Arizona ballot-eating termites. What are you looking at, moron? I'll tell you what, bro. They had just better throw out those machines after this clown show audit because who the hell knows what they've done to them. Yeah, yeah, I I think the whole confidence thing has been uh, severely undermined by these experts. Everybody's an expert. It's gone beyond funny now. It's uh, approaching madness and uh, delusion at this point. Uh, You're right, too, Mr. Keynes. It's been estimated that uh, to replace... The uh, voting machines after this rancid poll show is done. It's going to cost about $3.3 million. Uh, from the taxpayers, of course. Naturally. wonder how that's going to sit. <laughs> you know what? Somebody recommended that if uh, they were to imagine a way to destroy the Republican Party, it would be this audit. <laughs> <laughs> certainly seems to be driving a wedge through the middle of them. I say, wedge on. 
Al. Uh-huh. Um, oh, a little, uh, programming note. On, uh, on the last show, Aphantasia, number 171, I was astounded that I heard from a surprising number of folks that claim to actually have the condition we were talking about on that uh, last show. Really? Yeah. And uh, in case you missed it, it was about people who don't seem to possess what we would uh, commonly refer to as uh, the mind's eye. They're not able to visualize or uh, picture in their mind a situation or an object or whatever. I was just quite astonished by the number of folks who uh, have this condition. And uh, as we pointed out in the last show, it's not a life-stopping event. Oh, contraire, my frere. Many folks uh, function just fine, thanks, including some rather uh, notable people we talked about on the show. I, th- I, I just thought it was a fascinating topic, so uh, I'm glad uh, others uh, thought so, too. It's hard for me to visualize what that would be like. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, also, a little sidebar, side note, side ruffle. Uh, I wanted to mention a little uh, work-related thing that occurred a few weeks back that was a sheer delight. I had the uh, distinct pleasure to do a voiceover session with uh, Alfrey Woodard for a documentary on artist Alma Thomas. Wait a minute, wasn't she in that uh, Luke Cage series for uh, Marvel? Yeah, yeah, she, she, uh, she certainly was, among others. Uh, she was also in 12 Years a Slave, Mississippi Grind, uh, Captain America, as a matter of fact. Yep. And uh, has a thing coming out right now called uh, Fatherhood and a couple of other things in production. She's, uh, she's quite busy, and she is an amazing talent to work with. Hands down. So this was just voice, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was uh, doing um, a voice recording for uh, the uh, character of Alma Thomas as a narrator in this documentary. And uh, I guess this, uh, this doc starts its festival run in June, as I'm told. And uh, I, I got to tell you something. To hear uh, her access, uh, Ms. Thomas, in this session... What was a, an incredible delight. She uh, it was really bringing her to life. It's not just Alfre Woodard reading as Alfre Woodard. She's transforming vocally into Alma Thomas right there. Now, uh, I have to tell you, there isn't a lot of footage of Alma Thomas speaking, save for one little stinky excerpt that was on an old film strip recording. And remember those? Yeah. Yes, as a matter of fact, they were like... The old village smithy had his own method of getting faster and more complete firepower. The combustion of his fire wasn't fast or complete enough to provide the heat power he needed without extra air. But his bellows did the trick. They forced his... Yeah, you know, so so you would play the record, and then when you hear the beep, you uh, advance the film strip. That kind of thing. Ooh. Well, uh, that's all the filmmakers actually had of Alma Thomas speaking, and it was uh, pretty battered, these uh, clips of audio, to be honest. So it, uh, it took some deep listening to actually hear her. This was uh, remote then? Uh, no, no, she was here. 
you know, she was just hanging out. We uh, sloshed back a few Negronis, talked about how Marvel is a bunch of stinkers. And, and No, of course. It was uh, very much remote. Uh, we set her up with a mic, and uh, her assistants uh, set it all up over there on her end, and uh, we just captured it using this uh, service called Clean Feed and uh, got, got pretty good results, I got to say. Yes, way of our world now, bro. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I think there are some who have made uh, a damn fine lemonade out of these lockdown lemons. Uh, there are several web-based software applications out there now that uh, capture... Uh, no, not Zoom. No, not Skype. That uh, capture audio at in-room quality. Riverside FM is, a, is another one that actually captures your local mic as well as the feed that you're uh, on so that you've always got the absolute best quality uh, being compiled there. So, needless to say, uh, that session was a delight, and uh, I'll uh, post any uh, additional information on that film release as it uh, becomes available. I'll tell you, I, <laughs> I learned a lot about uh, Alma Thomas from working on this doc, and I mean, uh, you know, I think I, uh, I had a vague... Thank you. I'm here to serve. Yeah, I, I, I knew she had a uh, postage stamp that featured her artwork and that she uh, um, had a piece of art in the White House collection that was uh, curated by, uh, at that time, the Obamas, but really did not know anything about her story, which uh, truly is fascinating and uh, brave as hell, too. She uh, evidently decided to start painting in her... 70s. Holy carp. Yeah. Like I say, brave. Brave choices. <laughs> One might even say fearless. So I'm looking her up here, and uh, there was a traveling exhibition of her work a couple of years back. Apparently. Yeah, you know what? And I think the folks that uh, sponsored that traveling exhibition helped to get this documentary made as well. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Miss Alma Thomas. That's the name of the doc. And uh, we'll, of course, uh, toot the horn as things uh, develop. I know where he is. He's at the magic pool again. The show for everybody. But not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com So I guess Congress just isn't too keen on a January 6th commission to investigate the Capitol invasion. Although, the uh, House of Representatives, no surprise, did pass the bill authorizing a commission be set up, it seems that things will once again start to slow down. As it hits the Senate. Sure, they want to be told what they already know. They were aiding and abetting the entire thing. So if it were a real thing, we'd just go right to indictments and be done with it. Many folks have said that, Mr. Keynes. Actually, commentator Keith Olbermann said uh, in his inimitable style... Senator Blunt of Missouri, a meat puppet who might be stuffed, might be inflated says it's too soon for a January 6th commission. Well, here is the solution. Cut the Republicans, fascist defendants out of the commission altogether. Run it like the Republicans ran their endless ghost-chasing Benghazi probe. In fact, don't have a commission. 
just a special prosecutor and indictments. A House coup commission or a Senate coup commission or a joint coup commission will accomplish nothing. Whoever the Republicans appoint will be toadies included merely to muddy the waters by dragging in irrelevancies, like last summer's protests or, I don't know, Benghazi? Makes sense. I mean, those meat sacks were behind it. You want them judging the outcome again? Yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't make much sense. I, I think a, a special prosecutor is the way to go here because these... uh commissions rarely achieve anything. Hell, look at that uh, famous, uh, now infamous, Benghazi deal, as Olbermann was uh, pointing to there. A Republican commission, by the way. They took months snooting around for... Uh, what? I'm not really sure what they were... <laughs> what were they looking for? What I do know is a, a lot of time and money spent for... Uh, Virtually nothing. Yeah, see, a special prosecutor might actually get something done. I mean, for Carp's sake, we all saw what the hell happened. We did. Though the uh, Gaslight Commission would love to tell you uh, that uh, it didn't. And uh, it was actually a big love-in and a hug parade. And they were just a bunch of fun-loving tourists just enjoying their day off. You know, it's just like the election. I really wonder if this will ever get resolved. I, I got to say, the, the the other thing I notice a lot lately, and it, this, this can be either party, doesn't matter what. Whenever somebody says, it's too soon, or it's not the right time, that's code for, we're not done covering our asses yet. Please wait until all the bodies are buried and the skeletons have been dressed to look just like the rest of us. Just another ploy to avoid consequences or uh, the accountability of your prior actions. There is a barge full of accountability here, bro. Well, as soon as they get the uh, vago stenchers working and blow out a thick poot of blurred facts and uh, falsified documents uh, that they are sure and most confident that it will prove that they were totally right. Or... At least, not there at the time, as they, of course, were vacationing in Tierra del Fuego. Yeah, and speaking of hair on fire crazy, did you see the uh, item about the My Pillow guy claiming he has some uh, Dominion and Smartmatic voting machines in his possession that he's hiding in an undisclosed location? What? Yeah. He says he's got a few machines stashed around the country in secret locations, and I suppose <laughs> he's thinking we'll uh, blow the roof off the whole election thing. <laughs> well, does Dominion know that? <laughs> I'm sure they'd be very interested in knowing that, as would the uh, county board of elections from uh, which these uh, alleged machines were allegedly taken from, allegedly. Well, he's a fruit and nut bar for sure. Even if he did have them. Would you really announce that you have them? Well, you would if you were off your meds. This is truly amazing. It's really, I mean, it just never stops with them. Seriously, if you tried to come up with the most ludicrous thing you could possibly think of, these folks would always do you one better in real life. And uh, uh, speaking of rats in leisure suits... 
Let's take a dive down south to our favorite haven of the hideous, the sanctuary of the schadenfreude. Yes, it's... And you know what? Let's just start with the guy at the top on this segment, shall we? We'll just let it trickle on down. Yes, as is our want to do, Mr. Keynes. Yes, let's start with the governor. Can't we? Bring it. (laughs) Governor Ron DeSantis did another one of those remarkably stagey bill-signing proclamation things the other day. You know, it kind of looks like uh, one of those Amway convention breakout activity sessions, you know, kind of with the... Were there plastic neon flamingos? (laughs) Always. If you move there, they give you a matching set. Beauty. Yeah. So the governor signed a bill that uh, aims to actually punish social media companies for their moderation decisions. A move that, uh, as you can probably imagine, Silicon Valley immediately criticized and quite likely uh, sets the stage now for a slew of legal challenges. This legislation would uh, bar internet companies from uh, suspending political candidates in the run-up to an election. It would also make it easier for the Florida State Attorney General and individuals to bring lawsuits when they think the tech companies have acted unfairly. They think the tech companies have acted unfairly. Hold up. What the hell? They, They can't just... No. No, they can't. And as legal experts have uh, said, they have serious concerns about the constitutionality of the law and uh, warned that it gives the government way too much power over online speech. Now, as you may know, friends, uh, Mr. DeSantis here is a uh, potential... 2024 Republican presidential contender. I don't know what the orange guy thinks, but there it is. And he really pushed for the legislation's passage amid uh, conservatives' complaints that tech companies censor them. Charges that the companies vehemently deny, of course. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube's decisions to suspend former President Donald Trump and his account in the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol riot, have only heightened the stakes. Quoting now, Today, Floridians are being guaranteed protection against the Silicon Valley power grab on speech, thought, and content, DeSantis said in a tweet. We the people are standing up to the tech totalitarianism with the signing of Florida's big tech bill. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you know, this is just like the wolf writing legislation to allow himself permanent access to the hen house. Well, of course. (laughs) You know, I mean, and and at the very least, to keep a pulpit for disinformation. And and by the way, this law creates fines of $250,000 per day for banning candidates for statewide office, and then $25,000 for candidates for local office. The law also includes provisions to protect people 
who aren't running for office, allowing them to bring lawsuits against the companies if they think they're being inconsistent about content decisions. Yeah, no. Another Florida con. Well, of course, correct, sir. Eric Goldman, a professor at uh, Santa Clara University Law School in California, says, I see the bill as purely performative. It was never designed to be law, but simply to send a message to voters. Uh, May I add this too, friends? The Tube of You, The Book of Face, Tweetment, and all the others are, here it comes, privately held companies. If they have a policy that says, sure, you can post that rancid tuna sandwich picture, but you have to be naked and wearing an argyle sock over your head at the same time, they could. You, on the other hand, don't have to join their rancid sandwich post group or any other thing in this insect-infested social media world if you don't want to sign in. See? So simple. If they want to boot someone out because their, quote, free speech is inciting riots, it's well within the bounds of the law, and again, it's a private company. No sand-eating meat bag has any right to say what can or cannot be done in terms of user policy inside that company. Well, if they're randomly shooting their employees, that might raise an eyebrow or three. Clearly. So, this bill is just another flapping platypus show and has nothing to do with reality or the law. These people... You are such pests. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Couldn't have sent it better myself. Dateline! Tampa Bay! Friends, it's just good and sensible advice to never bring a half-eaten banana to a gunfight. A Florida man was jailed Tuesday after allegedly shooting at another driver who threw part of a banana at his truck. (laughs) WFLA reports that the uh, road rage incident occurred around 8 a.m. in the Tampa Bay area after an argument between Peter Sala Jr. and Robert Lewis went south on Highway 19 North. (laughs) Clever alliteration there, don't you think, huh? (laughs) Sala Jr. reportedly tossed what appeared to be a partial banana towards Lewis, striking the side of his vehicle. Lewis allegedly responded by firing his handgun at Sala Jr., shattering his passenger side window and causing a shard of glass to cut the victim's leg. Holy carp. Fruit fight. Yes, exactly. Lewis was locked up in the Pinellas County Jail, and his bond was set at $12,000. Wow. Relax, folks. Things are finally settling down out there. Don't go all nine-alarm crazy and screw it up for yourself. Well, you know what? One thing's for sure, Mr. Keynes. There will always be someone willing to pull those alarm handles at a moment's notice. Dateline! St. John! This one is really fascinating and uh, is actually uh, still evolving 
as we uh, sit here. So you see, there's a uh, there's a, uh, a controversy surrounding the digital alteration of photos in a Northeast Florida high school's yearbook to cover up some skin exposed in the original photos, which school officials deemed inappropriate. CBS Jacksonville affiliate WJAX reports 80 students, all female, at Bartram Trail High School in St. John's had their yearbook photos altered without their permission. Exposed shoulders and low necklines were covered up. Officials at the uh, St. John's County School District told the station yearbook photos must follow dress code guidelines, and they deemed the 80 pictures totally inappropriate. The official said the school's yearbook coordinator, a female teacher, made the decision. Wait a minute. What year is this? 1952? Yes, it is. But of course, it always is in Florida. Sadly, no. It's 2021. Their principal, Cardinal Richelieu, would like to have a word with those goth gals, too, you know. He's suggesting that they should be bound and then thrown into a lake and... If she drowns, she's not a witch. Before and after photos of several of the girls showed the clear edits. <laughs> and let me just say, in these pictures, in this uh, report here, you can clearly see a very sloppy, I mean, your dog Scruffy could do a better job, a very ham-fisted Photoshop job where a somewhat, not plunging to the navel for cripe's sake, a, a, a somewhat lower neckline was raised to meet standards, meaning just below the nose. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this now. So uh, did the person who fixed these photos use their ass to fix it? <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks like these photos were from like uh, the 1950s, you know, where, where, where you have those black bars over people's eyes to, quote, hide their identity. Poorly. <laughs> it's a hack job, man. It's a hack job. Now, the students said they felt, as you might imagine, embarrassed, ashamed, and sexualized. Ninth grader Riley O'Keefe said the situation has grown much, much bigger than the yearbook photos. She says the double standard in the yearbook is more so that they looked at our body and thought it was just a little bit of skin showing and that that was sexual. But then they looked at the boys for the swim team photos and other sports photos and thought that that was just fine. And that's really upsetting and uncomfortable. Oh, so for the guys, it was okay. Yes, for the boys, it's okay. Can you smell me? I smell you loud and clear. Yeah. Not only that, Mr. Keynes, but you have multiple shots of that, uh, their swimming team, all decked out in, well, swim trunks, of course. O'Keefe went on to say, you're not only affecting their photo, it's not just for protecting them. You're making them uncomfortable and feel like their bodies aren't acceptable in a yearbook. 
and uh, fellow ninth grader Zoe Iannone remarked to uh, WGAX that they opened up the yearbook, saw pictures, and that was the first thing they worried about. It was unfair, and I was horrified. I was disgusted. But of course, one mother of a 10th grade daughter at the school said, she's in favor of the dress code and the edits. If parents aren't teaching at home how daughters should dress and dress decently, then the school has to parent, says Rachel Diaquin. That's right, Rachel. It's clear as mud that dressing like that will lead down a slippery slope to dancing and drinking beer. Heaven forfend, Mr. Keynes. I know it. It's time we take a stand on these evils of society. Put all that foul stuff back where it belongs, in the church. O'Keefe said no matter what people say, she'll continue to advocate for herself and others. The dress code and sexualization of young girls' bodies has been happening for a long time, she said. All the messages I get about people being thankful for me speaking out are worth it. And I do it a million times. The school said (laughs) they will refund the cost of the yearbook to parents who complain about the issue. Awesome. Really forward-thinking school there, yeah? Yeah, forward into the 14th century. You know, it just seems to me that there are much more pressing issues to consider in the classroom than necklines. All this really does is just ensure you're going to create another generation of folks with body image issues. Well, better that than turning to the evils of yoga. This is why, friends. This is why we continue to probe the inky darkness, the virtually bottomless pit of moronic and meaningless mechanization, to ask the time-corroded question. What the fuck, Florida? And with that, we will call it a show, friends, but uh, not before thanking Jody Lorimer for pristine pronouncements and Keith Olbermann for venting appropriately and accurately. Also, keep uh, an eye out for the documentary Miss Alma Thomas, which begins its festival tour in June. And uh, now that many folks can actually go and see something, it's a grand reason to check out that documentary. You will uh, not be disappointed. Thanks as well to the always dressed for success, Dean of Decibels over there, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance, so forth and so on. Pleasure was all yours. And of course, thanks as well to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. We do so uh, appreciate that. Really, we would also like uh, to encourage you to stop by the Fusebox store. How, you ask? Well... Hey, it's as simple as pie. You go to thefuseboxshow.com and click on the shopping tab. And like flippin' magic, there you are. Oh, and if you're one of those book of face folks, click on the Shop Now button on the Fusebox Show Facebook page. Okay? Also, quick as a button. There you go. Enough said. 
We do so appreciate your kind patronage there, as it does enable us to continue this thing we do here. You can also subscribe to this thing at Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and OnSug at O-N-S-U-G dot com. Or if you're really lucky, you happen to live in Salem, Oregon, you can listen to us on uh, KMWV 98.3. I think we'll have uh, streaming info soon on that too, right? Yes, indeed. They are finalizing their uh, streaming details as we speak, and we shall announce that as uh, soon as they have it in place. I have been your upwardly mobile but downwardly expanding host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse Box.